Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today, I am super stoked to have on the show with me my very special guest, a gentleman named Christopher Raby. It's Raby, not Rabbi, like you might want to look at it and say it's Rabbi or Rab, but it's Raby. Um, so Chris is a hell of a dude. Uh, we served together in Fort Lewis for a hot minute. We were gym rat buddies together. Uh, he's an amazing leader and a great friend and happens to be the founder of Cold Steel Creations. Founder, it doesn't even really do justice. The Don, the the godfather of cold steel. Uh, anyway, it's an awesome company. If you guys have ever seen any of my live stuff or the YouTube stuff, the the skull on there behind me and now this awesome 3D um, logo he made for my company is back there. The dude does amazing work. He's He's got, you know, a big head, a big heart, and a big beard, and I love him to death. Uh, today, we're having a conversation about networking, and and we kind of, you know, we are two dudes who like to run our mouths, so it kind of goes all over the place, uh, but we definitely talk about networking. We talk about some some issues that people have, some pitfalls that they fall into, and then we also have a really cool announcement. I'm going to get ahead of it just because I'm so stoked about it. Uh, we are relaunching the Veteran Sponsorship Program for the second quarter of the year. The first round was awesome, uh, had a lot of great involvement and we had some awesome sponsors and Chris is stepping up to the bat this time to kind of lead the way for not only the sponsorship side to get the ball rolling on that, but also the promotional side. So pay him back, you know, keep your eyes peeled, check out Cold Steel Creation on Instagram, watch what he's doing. He's got some cool stuff coming out. Anyway, I will shut up so I can continue to talk. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's what's about to happen. Anyway, here's my special guest, Chris Raby. Five, four, three, Hey, hey, we're live. Hey. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Oh, you know, living the dream. How are you doing? Uh, just enjoying the fine weather. Well, it's better now, right? Yeah. Well, it's supposed to start getting a little iffy again tomorrow or today later on around like two, three o'clock. So more fun times. You can hang on to it. I don't really want any more rain. We had, <laughs> I mean, just like a little this morning, I was annoyed with it. But you and I spent a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest, which probably kind of skews our vision on rain in general. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. a constant drizzle where everything's always moist. You know, we'll get into the topic at hand, but before we did, like, are you ever surprised how many of the folks we knew stayed there? Yes. It's a lot. Yeah. But a lot of when they get out, a lot of people typically stay in the area that they get out from. That's why you have such large. I mean, I know for a month and a half, it's beautiful there, but it's yeah. not worth the other. No, I 100% agree. Okay. So. Want to get on the same page? I mean, there's good coffee other places. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there's better coffee other places. You can fish other places. Like these are the two things. I was like, oh, there's great outdoor stuff. Outside is everywhere, though. You just mean, open your door. Montana, Montana. I mean, it might be cold for six months out of the year, but for the other six months, it's nice. Yeah, you get a lot of fucking greenery. It was those special days where you could see Mount Rainier, and you're like, okay, I, yeah, yeah, I will kill myself today. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a week. Uh, so for the folks that don't know, your name is Chris Raby. Yes. And you and I have known each other for a hot minute. Um, as people probably pieced together just now, we served together in Fort Lewis. Uh, you've done some really cool stuff, though, since getting out. And so I want to hear you tell about you. So tell the fine folks who you are, my friend. 
Uh, well, for the service side, got in at 01 just before 9-11. Uh, got out in, what, 2014? Uh, got medically discharged, so medically retired. And uh, did five years total in combat. Um, and just with that, was trying to figure out, you know, what to do after the military. So a lot of people, they'll do the 20 and then retire, or they'll have some kind of plan. Mine was a little bit more abrupt. So it took a little while of just kind of, I don't know, meandering before I started just messing with metal, metal products, uh, designing metal things, and then painting them. And that just spiraled from that into the company that me and the wife have uh, founded, which is Cold Steel Creations. Do you guys make anything cool? Uh, just a couple of things. <laughs> just little things here and there. The, the, the great thing that I love about it is seeing designs that people have done from whether it's digital and just trying to mimic that as close as I can in a metal format. So and some of it you can't and some of it is just amazing. So like yours, um, people sort of call those those 3D designs. And I've had people reach out specifically for those kinds of products, 3D designed metal products. I mean, like, dude, you know, I I was fortunate because I got to kind of I got to see the crawl walk run phase of yeah. the business. And I mean, I'm blown away by the stuff that you make like and I I don't know, I guess I'm a nerd about it because not only is it really cool stuff and it's like, it's kind of our wheelhouse as far as like stuff that's appealing to us as veterans. But I, I think it's really cool because it's something that you love to do. Like, that's why I'm so yes. stoked about it. it. It's just, that's what it was. It was a hobby trying to between. So working around the house has always been therapeutic, but then working out is also great, but there's only so much time in the day to do those two things. So uh, starting to work with metal became a hobby that it, we're transitioning from the hobby into a business. Yeah. And so I want to talk about, cause you talked about your, your sep, your retirement from the military. I had a similar retirement. Um, you know, it got there quicker than either one of us had planned. And yes, kind of like I, I could talk about how it was for me and you, you know, all that story and how weird and like ambiguous all that was, but like talk through the, just the, uh, like the shoulder shrugging, like, what the am I doing? Like what, it, what is going yeah. on? It, and it's very awkward for a medical retirement. Uh, like some people in the unit really want the best for you, but then other people, it's like, this is a massive moving bureaucracy that's going to continue moving without you. And I think that's one of the things that people really don't understand when they're, when they're in a unit leaving it or they're in a unit and they're retiring is this unit's going to continue without you. So right. you have to kind of put the mindset that the perspective that everything you're doing, there's an end date to that. So you need to be planning for what's coming after that. I think the military too, probably all, all businesses and where people spend a good chunk of their adult lives at are kind of similar, but I think the military in as much as like, it kind of defines who you are while you're in it. Like, you know, yes. you and I, for, for lack of a better term, at the time that we served together in the unit we were in, like you and I were a couple of the apex predators, and, you know? And so yeah. like it becomes who you are in a sense. And then, over the course of like a few months, it's just gone. Like someone just snatches the rug out from under you. Yes. And that, that can be, it's, it's abrupt. So I think the way you're describing, I, I've always considered myself a combat leader. Like I did one combat tour as a private moving from private into specialist status. And then every other tour was as a uh, E6 or higher. And, and it was just one of those things where I, I thought of myself in a certain light and once you're out of the military, like there's, there's really 
there's no other way to replicate the things that you do as a combat infantry right. in the military versus what you're doing outside of it. I mean, you have like contracting and things like that, but you really just have to take the skills that they provide you in leadership and try to apply them in a civilian setting to either a company that you start working for or creating your own. And the part that's, it's, it's twofold. Like it's difficult um, on a couple levels. Cause you talked about how like the unit and the arm as a whole is going to continue on. Like it's been around for a hot minute. Probably doesn't need this individual there to continue to function, but because it becomes so much of who you are, you know, like I had a bunch of additional duties when we were in. And yeah. so it's like, but I'm the combatives guy. I'm the sharp guy. I'm the UPL guy. I'm, I'm the, all these things guy. What's going to happen when I go? Like, sharp. And then, I love it. So you're worried about the unit. And like the continuity, but you're also worried about like, once I'm not the combatives dude, once I'm not the sharp guy, once I'm not the UPL, once I'm not the whatever, mm-hmm. like really what's left of me, you know, cause yes. you spend so much time doing this thing all the time. Yes. And it, it for me and uh, for my wife, who was people talk about support structure, uh, support system. That is, that is huge. That is very important. All right. And like, you know, with an amazing wife and with your kids, uh, with my amazing wife, with my kids, with my family, they, they provided a safe space. I, I say like that term has really gotten a derogatory fashion. It's but gotten it's really, misused. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's a space in which you can try new things and you can fail without having like massive, uh, issues from that. So, and that's, that's really what the metal work was. It's just, I was, I was dabbling in all kinds of different things, but once I started just focusing on that one thing, you start seeing how many different ways you can apply that one thing. So, well, dude, I remember early on, like, cause you were just kind of tinkering with the idea. I don't know what, probably like last October, November timeframe, kind of still mm-hmm. flirting with the idea of launching it. And you and I spent probably 30 minutes just on the phone talking about like, well, you could do this, 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 this. And all of a sudden you're like, holy crap, yeah. dude. Like yeah. hadn't thought about any of that stuff, you know? And, and it, yeah, that was ahead. part of the thing too, is like some of the things that we were talking about is very decorative in nature. Whereas what I've, what I've really kind of honed in on is, uh, bottle openers. People love the decorative side, but they want it to have some kind of utilitarian use. Right. So, and the bottle openers is perfect because, you know, a lot of us drink, um, <laughs> but it, it, then trying to figure out ways to, to go beyond that. So trying to figure out like one idea that I'm working with a company is uh, how to put like survival things so that it, it looks like it's decorative. But at the same time, like maybe you have it on your Jeep or something, but it has some kind of use right there on the spot if something happens. So some, uh, yeah, like the level of functionality ends up being important. Like for me, like yes. I just like having the cool stuff you made me behind me because it makes me feel better about myself um but like you know it it was interesting because in the inception piece of it it was like it's this thing and just over the course of shoot not even six months it's morphed into this whole different thing it still has its roots and what i love the most about it is a conversation you and i had and then i want to get into some other stuff but i don't want this to get left behind is like one of the things that was really important to you is the creative side yeah. And like, I think that is kind of intertwined with where we come from because you and I, like we were in charge a lot. And yeah. so now it's like, you don't want anyone to tell you how to crack your nut. And so it's like, look, man, I don't mind cracking nuts for you, but don't tell me how to do it. And when you yes. came down to like the design of all these pieces and they're all custom one of a kinds, like you're like, yeah, I know people want this, 
but I don't want to do that. And so I'll let them give me an idea, but I'd rather design what's going to look good. You know, like, just yeah. like tattoo yeah. artists do like they, yeah, you've got your idea of what you want, but that's gonna look like crap. Let me take the reins. And that's that, that nail on head right there. It's, uh, you just start thinking about it and it's like, there's so many things I want to try, but I want you to give me guardrails. Like give me, give me like left and right parameters. And then I'm going to work within that fucking AO. Right. So that's what makes it worthwhile to me. So. It's like your range fan, right? Like you can yes. shoot in here, go crazy. I was just thinking oh, about great. sector stakes as we were talking about that. <laughs> yeah. So they're setting up the gun systems. Oh, a demo range? Forget about it. <laughs> Those trends are in our sector. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, like, what is that? I want to ask though, like, why? What was so important about that for you? Like, I keeping just, the creative side of it. Yeah, and to one point of the creative side, it's it's still like the control. All right. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of something that the military uh, ingrained in me, which is trying to control as much of a situation as you can. You, Everyone knows Murphy, the enemy is going to have a say in things, but that's why you try to put all of these things in place beforehand so that you can react in the best way possible when things go to shit. And so I kind of like the creative side to where I can just like free go, go free will it through something uh, and figure out ways to do something the way I like it. And I, what I get as a response to that is people see all these different things because I'm putting up a shotgun blast of ideas, but people find like one or two things within that. So I'm, I'm, I'm great with working with those one or two things. And I got a guy right now doing a F-bomb uh, bottle opener for him, and he came with ideas of things I've already done, but in a way I've never done it. So it's that's what's fun. And the other thing, too, man, like, you know, you're selling yourself a little bit short, like you're a really creative dude. Like I try to be the, the metalworking, like I'll, I'll put it out there. Like the metalworking is a facet of what you do, but like, you're also writing books, you're writing screenplays, you host a podcast of your own. Like you're a busy fellow. You're a creative guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all outlets. So uh, I think to me, I put so much of my time and energy into one thing, which was leading troops in combat. So that's right. where my mindset was. I've read books. Uh, I've read everything that you could find in every area that we were going to every time we went. Uh, and so I also tried to improve myself every way I could. So now with this, uh, there's there's still I feel like that's a that's a creative juice because you're trying to outthink the enemy. And then when you're doing right. that, you're you're using a lot of different adaptive strategies. So you're 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 kind of on the cuff with what you're doing. And I think that in a lot of ways, business like this is very similar. Well, it's something that, that I've talked about before. Like, I think a lot of guys get out of service and, you know, they feel like they have busy brain, but it's because you're used to dealing with, you know, 30 to 120 people's problems. And then the asymmetrical warfare side of things and the complex enemy, all the different planning and even like the little widgets that matter so much, you know, like stupid hex key on a striker, like, oh my God, it shuts down the yeah. world, right? Yeah. And so you're used to having all that tip your thin power when you get out, it's like, uh, 10 a.m. I'm done for the day. Like I worked out <laughs> like nothing to do. And so you need that outlet to get rid of busy brain in some ways. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. So, and there's things too, that you, that people talk about with mindsets and things like that to where you can apply those same kind of mindset principles to a business and how, how you're trying to function. And I, people ask me like how much time I spend doing things within the business. And it's not a lot. Uh, I spend more time networking on the back end, um, which I mean, that that's still kind of within the business, but it's not doing some things functionally with metal designing, painting, that kind of thing. 
there's a lot of things that happen on the back end that are actually more important than that. And, you know, like you brought up networking. I know that was something we wanted to discuss today. And I know that that's, that's an overarching thing, right? Like all yeah. businesses kind of revolve around their ability to network. But I, and so I don't want to make it strictly veteran centric when we discuss it, but I think that yeah. it's something kind of the Genesis moment of the idea for us anyway, for the conversation was like, you know, we've, we've talked to each other about how, like when you get out and you're kind of sorting things out and trying to figure out what the hell you want to do, like you kind of turn into an Island a little bit. Like you, yeah. you don't even let supplies come in very much. You're like, you're just isolated by yourself. You know, you're, you're like that Island over there in India where you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to murder you if you come right, to my Island. Right. Yeah. yeah. They've yeah. never seen humans, but somehow yeah. they still have a Mickey mouse t-shirt. Um, <laughs> so you're like that. Well, I'm unsure. Right. And and it's cool at first because you you get to decompress from the, you know, 10, 15, 20 years of doing that thing. But then after that, like, it, it gets a little dark, man. Like, you get a little lonely. You get a little, like, self-loathy and you're not sure what to do next. I think mine started opposite. Like, when I got out, I felt, like, a little lost. And something that Stacy did very well uh, for my wife, she kind of just let me be and just supported regardless of what I was doing. So whether I was playing video games or just doing dumb shit, she supported it wholeheartedly. And then as time went on, I progressively just started finding things and she was nudging me in certain directions of just trying to be more, I don't know, energetic or, or working a little bit more on my own. And so those things kind of helped. And that's what I'm saying. Sports system is huge. And networking is a little bit of a, a part of that. And what you were just talking about with networking uh, there's a lot of ways that you can apply your business uh, to other people's business or to other people's brands. Uh, and it's networking one way, but you're also trying to find like specifics within that. Like how can my business function within what they've created and how can we help each other? So that's what I kind of look at every time I go into this is how can my business help theirs? How can I help them? And so, and I know you've done that a ton since you know, starting your business, that's been huge for you and your growth and everything else. Like, yeah. but I think part that's really interesting that I want to pull out of that. And that I think people sometimes neglect, especially like when you're starting your own thing, it's, it's a me thing, right? Like this is my yeah. business and I run the show and me, 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 and I want to make the money and I want to do this. But what you just said is so important that when you look outwards and say, how can I enrich this person's business with what I'm doing? Like, you get a massively different response, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, I've I haven't ran into a single person yet uh, going through this that has been me centric, where they have only looked out for themselves. Uh, they've they've reached out. Not only have they asked what they can do for me and how they can help with my business, uh, but they didn't start it with this is what I would like you to do for me. This is how I I think you could help my company. So they've always been you first, and I've kind of right with you uh with and i think in the military too you learn that and we learn it in very dumb ways but we don't really <laughs> apply like uh, something i always thought about was when you would go to a range and you'd have to clean up after your, you know that range and uh, the thing that i always hear was you want to leave it better uh than what you found it right and that i kind of think that you can apply that to every different situation in life so and it's something so dumb and people get so mad about having a police call the range but in some ways that kind of mindset can can filter out into other parts of your life it's funny because, and that, that mindset, it kind of changes over time. Cause like, if you take yourself back to like baby private crutch or baby private rabi, and we're at a range together and they're like, pick that up. You're like, Oh, that was here when we got here. Like, 
Yeah. You're, and then yeah. you fast forward 10 years later, I'm like, hey, crazy, pick that up. Oh, that was you when I got here, so aren't you? Like the rage, like, I don't care if it was your pick it up. <laughs> and I think people learn different uh, lessons from that. So, like, one person might learn that just gotten beat into them. It doesn't care. I don't care what you think. Just pick that up. Right. Another person's now thinking about it like, you know, we do need to leave this place better. We need to continuously improve on what we have as opposed to just trying to tear everything down. Yeah. And, you know, but it's one of those things too, like, as you move, as you progress through the timeline from like, I'm just hearing this idea to now I'm the one enforcing this idea. Like, it, it does matter how you hear it initially, but if you adopt that and kind of inculcate that in the way you do business, like it just makes sense to you. Like I would rather improve upon something than leave it just as good. And which is to yeah. your point, you know? Um, and so in networking and that being kind of been your experience so far, like, cause you're doing a lot of different stuff. Um, mm -hmm. On the surface, you go, oh yeah, I I make really cool stuff out of metal, but the reality is like you, you are your network is grown exponentially over the last six seven months. So how yeah. how have you gone about that without giving everyone all your like whiz bang secrets? Just what what has been People a couple of things understand. that stick out for you? It's not a secret. I mean, like anyone can do this. When this is what I I so number one, I always try to study intelligent people, uh, smart people who are doing great things in the business space and then not just in one business and maybe, maybe across the spectrum and uh, as athletes looking at people like Michael Jordan. All right. There's a work, work ethic within these people and they're always trying to adapt and to innovate and to get better. All right. So you, that's what I, that's what I do. Number one is I try to find people who are doing the right thing and emulate them. But then once you're, once you start emulating, then you have to figure out a way to change what they're doing and apply it to how you are as a person and to how you want your business to go. So it's, it's something like you're talking about a podcast and people look at Joe Rogan as the end all be all of, of podcasting. But there's so many different podcasts within that same spectrum that are doing great things that aren't doing it like Rogan's doing it. Right. It's just that Rogan has done something amazing and people need to learn from but not copy his style. So they can they can do their own thing with their own style. And the business is the same way. Uh, for networking, it's just it, it's really all about trying to figure out what they're doing and how you can do something within that space. All right. So you, for me, I'm I'm gonna reach out and, and try to figure out how I can help first. But then I'm trying to also figure out in what way can we uh, do have a back and forth and so right. that we're mutually helping each other. Yeah, and you know I think. A lot of stuff to say about that. <laughs> the first one is like, I got to touch on Joe Rogan yeah. because, you know, you did bring him up and like in the podcasting space, I think what Adam Carolla maybe beat him to podcasting by Tom, a couple weeks. Tom Green is, is universally seen as the, 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 the OG, person. the original. Yeah. So yeah. then it was Tom Green, Adam Carolla, and Joe Rogan within a few months Something of each along other. Those, yeah. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway, it, cause yeah, you're right. Like demigod of the podcasting world. But you know, the big thing is like, he does whatever he wants. And man, yeah. like if you take nothing else away from that, that's the thing to take away from it. And something that you know, I talked about pre-show, like what you, <laughs> the shorts, like I'm doing whatever I want. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think when, when you use that and then bring it into the networking space, like I think a lot of people when they're starting their own thing, whether it's a business or a podcast or whatever it is, they, they try and put themselves in this marketable box. Like this yeah. is what my ideal yes. client wants to see or hear. And I found, and I know you found the same thing. Like if you show up genuine, hundred percent you and say, I'm just going to do what I want. 
Yeah. Like, you get to pick, right? You get to, like you and I talked about this months ago, like we're in a cool ass place because we get to pick cool people to do cool stuff with and no one can tell us no. Absolutely. And there's another part to that too. Is like I used Rogan, but in say more of a veteran focused sphere, people, people like to shit on black rifle coffee, but they're doing something and they have made themselves a massive brand because of a couple of things. And I say brand branding is really what, I mean, you do it with just your style. I do it with my style. And then you try to figure out how to also mimic your style in the social media side. And there's, there's all kinds of learning that you have to do because we've talked about it with algorithms at these different platforms and how they adjust them on a pretty frequent basis. So you're always having to relearn. And I think that's another big point too, is a lot of people get set in their ways. Like they want to, they want to do something, one time and if it works they want to just keep doing that one thing over and over again but with the way the world works now is you have to continuously innovate and change and try new things and yeah you can keep hitting those things that are working but you have to keep improving upon that and and think about what is the next thing yeah i mean adapting your you know just because the content is the same because you've got your pattern you've got your your brand per se like you have to adapt the delivery a little bit because yeah. like you're saying, algorithms change, audience taste change, like everything changes. And, you know, it's I'll, I'll use a funny example because I got the four the four rascals here and like the spectrums of music that I hear on a daily basis. It's almost soul crushing some of it. And I'm yeah. like, they're like, oh, this guy's amazing. I'm like that guy's not going to last. Yeah. And they're like, well, no, because they his last two either. albums sounded just like that. And that yeah. is not longevity. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of have to look at business the same way. Like, yeah, you can, you know. Take uh, not Metallica because they've made the same song for the last thirty years. <laughs> well, uh, I was gonna say Lincoln Park. That the same kind of mindset you just had, Lincoln yeah. Park, from Hybrid Theory to where they ended the, the minutes to midnight. I forget exactly how they that worded that album, but yeah, it's a it's a change. Like the first one was more of like a, a thrash punk with a little bit of uh, rap hip hop soul in there, and the the later ones were a lot of synth and a lot of uh, R and B and hip hop kind of vibes with just a little bit of guitar and drums and that's a great example because it's a very fine line right like you can yeah. progress you can grow you can change but you can't do it so drastically that you alienate that audience base that started you yes but you also don't want to not do it so that you never grow yeah and i mean i think that's in some ways we you know a business person is an artist because they're having to create from within themselves these these different aspects so I, I think a, a musician, they do it on a little, on a little clear, defined role. But say somebody like what we're doing, there's an art form to businesses, and I think there's books all about it and things like that, the the, the art of business. But you you have to learn these little principles and nuances that can be applied in so many different ways. So and you know, like you t- you talk, there's a ton of business books, a ton of yeah. business professionals and. Hell, even for internet space, like there's tons of people who will sit down and they'll charge you $10,000 to break down algorithms and how they work. And that information is good and it's going to help build your business for like a month and a half. And then Facebook and Instagram are going to change their algorithms. Not going to tell anybody. Surprise. And now none of the stuff that you posted at that time is hitting. Like none of the hashtags work. Nothing works. And so you really have to be like, yeah, you can read all the books you want. It's just like what we used to do in the military. You can read all the FMs, TMs. You can read all about the yep. culture you're going into. But until you're in it, until you live it, you're not really going to know how to do it properly. 
I, and I, I think it was, I, I, I think it was a podcast that you had just done recently um, where they, they talked about the enemy and the, how the enemy constantly adapts and they didn't want to make the, the customer because if we're a business, there's a customer, you don't want to make the customer like the enemy, but the, in a, in a way they're not the enemy, but they're going to change like the enemy. So customers tastes are going to change uh, what they do and do not want is going to change. So you have to adapt your business to what the customer wants. And in some ways, there's there's desires and, and needs that are going to be constant because of humans. But then in other ways, because how society and cultures change, then what you're doing with your business is going to change from that. Oh, 100 percent, man. So um, it's always innovating. Ideally, yeah. ideally. What we used to say all the time, you get complacent, you get dead. Right. And yeah. like it's an extreme yeah. example, but it's it, it applies here, too. And it's the same with, you know, taking back to the, the point is like with networking. Um, it's one of those things that. I remember when I first started my business, I was talking to everybody all yeah. the time. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care who you are. Or, and it, I think what screws people with networking is, and we talked about it, touched on it a little bit, is like the me thing, the ego piece about making money. The first part of a business, obviously, you want to make money, but you have to network first. You, you can't just show up and start getting paid. Like, you've got to make connections. And I'm, dude, I'm telling you, I was taking meetings on roads to nowhere just yeah. to just to get FaceTime with somebody, just to talk, yes. just to like share ideas and whatnot. And the thing is, like, I think for people starting out, that's difficult for a few reasons. Like one, maybe they're an introvert. Like most most humans, I think, are introvert who've just developed really great extrovert <laughs> tendencies. Um, but, you know, there's that. And then there's that, like, I don't want to waste my time doing something. But like you and I can can attest to the fact that we wasted a ton of time doing things that have panned out to be really incredible things. Yeah. And I would even say that the mindset behind that is I, I think it was Albert, maybe Albert Einstein or uh, who, who made the bat, uh, the, the light bulb. Uh, that wasn't Einstein. Thomas was. Alva Edison. Edison. I think somebody had, somebody had ridiculed him when he was trying to make the light bulb and said, you had failed in 99 ways. And he was like, no, I didn't fail in 99 ways. I've learned 99 ways to not do this. So, and it, I don't remember if it's exactly attributed to him, but that same, that mindset right there is every failure you have is a learning experience. And people that man tried that. cotton as a filament. <laughs> he tried I mean, cold. <laughs> I can understand the mindset he had there, but just wasn't going to pan out for him. Uh, but that mindset, the mindset of every time I fail, people look at that and they'll go, well, I've failed. I have lost at something. And that's not, that's not the case. Every time you fail, hum, human experience is failure. All right. Every time you wake up, you're going to fail 99 times that day and 100%. you might succeed once. But people don't understand that. They they look at those failures as the end all be all. And then they just move on and forget. They don't they don't learn the lesson that they should have learned. Well, I think, I think you and I kind of share that mindset when it comes to like for me, failure. And I know you feel the same way. Like it's not that's not I screwed up and it's over. That's I've learned from that. Like it's a learning opportunity. It's a, a space for improvement for the future. Yes. And I, I don't know if that comes from like, you know, hashtag born with it, or if that's really like ingrained in us for, you know, every single thing we did, even missions that went totally left of center, like things were yeah. not at all what we planned. We would do our after action reviews. Right. And we would sit there and go, okay, here's what went right. Here's what went wrong. Here's how we're going to fix it in the future. And so even like, 10 minutes after things went sideways on us, we're talking about, okay, let's take ownership of the screw ups and let's figure out how we can learn from them. I think in the military, it kind of teaches you that in a way that they don't really teach you in civilian life. 
All right. In the military, just like you said, with the AAR, you're you're learning from your mistakes and you're also trying to capitalize on your your uh, successes. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, like people people try out for things like Ranger School, SEALs, things like that. Uh, and people within those professions typically don't shit on those individuals that try and fail. Right. They shit on the individuals who talk about trying but never actually do. There's a, right. there's a huge difference. So those people have attempted and failed and they've learned something. All right. And the people who never attempted and do nothing but talk about it, they never learned anything and they're just stuck in a stasis of it. It's like those I was going to join, but where are you? Where are you? Yeah. And that's I look, if you're going to do it, then do it. Don't don't talk about it. But all this stuff leads back to networking when it comes to a business, because there's so many things that people like all you got to do is DM. A lot of the times that I'm networking with somebody, it's just somebody DM'd me. Hey, I love the products that you got. What about this? And I, now we're rolling. Now there's a conversation going. And and there's a there's a thing that they teach in um, they teach in theater uh, where it's yes and uh, right. it's it, it's where you're you're not stopping a situation by saying no uh, if you don't have to. Like I mean, there's obviously things in which you're going to say no about, but it's yes and. What? No, what I had a I had do? a guest, Joe Van Hackey. He came on. He's an improv cat, and he talked yes. all about yeah. yes and. Yep. Yep. And and those are people look at some of these things and they try to, they don't think that you can apply it in different aspects of life. They're thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in theater. I'm not going to be a comedy. So I don't, I don't need to learn that kind of thing. But that, that thing happens all the time, all throughout your life. You just, you're not seeing the way to connect the, the idea to the situation you're finding yourself in. And I think, you know, to, to key in on that a little bit, because I think a lot of times people think if you use that sort of uh, communication style, you're being disingenuous because the reality is like, if I can start getting this from a person, yeah, I already win, right? Yeah. Like, well, I already have agreement on something. Now, anything else I try and propose is going to be easier and more palatable to you to say yes to. It's not disingenuous, though, if you show up telling the truth. Like, if I come up and tell you, like, a bunch of nonsense, if I try and bullshit you on something and then get you doing this and then slide in, yeah, that's different. But if I show up me, like we talked about, and get the yes ands going, man, we're golden. I think that's a byproduct of our society right now because people are very combative. Not just, I mean, about everything. Yes, uh, and seen, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, see it, we see it with the political things, and then people get very polarized. As opposed to yes, and is looking for a compromise. It's right. looking for a a coming together of a situation. So, yeah. And what's crazy is you can use it even if you don't agree with someone. Yeah, like that's yeah. the we're getting on a tangent, but it's true. Like if someone tells you something that you just think is wrong from top to bottom, you go, yes, and you know, and then reword maybe your side of things and then maybe they'll hear it rather than you go, no, you're wrong. Like when you start with no, you stop the conversation. Yes. And I, I would say it's not too much of a tangent because the thing that you, the thing that people don't understand is you can, you can uh, work with a business that you might not have the same uh, principles with. All right. Companies do this all the time. It's just that people don't understand that there's a compromise between those companies. Say a person who is an atheist uh, that owns a business and a person who's a Christian that owns a business, you can still work together, even though you have differing viewpoints. Uh, I think people don't understand that kind of thinking anymore. I think it's, it's very, I don't know, atypical now. I think you and I agree on a point though, that I I'll say it like, I don't care what you believe. Yes. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care if you wear a dress and dance in the woods. I don't care what you do. You do Are you a good person? That's all yeah. I care about. Are you a good person? Yes. And that's, see, that's one of those things. that's very, it's not problematic. It's just people don't understand that it is very simple. It is super simple. I, you can live your life. I'm going to live my life. It's the same thing of just don't 
impede on what I am, my liberties as we see them. Now, do you think that's got some correlation between having served? Because there was times where like you're in that squad of 10 and you've got straight freaks. I mean, weirdos. And you're like, you know what? I don't even care what you do. Just make sure that no one shoots me and I'll make sure no one shoots you. Yeah. And I I mean, I still talk with people daily that uh, I don't uh, agree with them 100% on the way that they view the world, but I'm still going to give them the time of day to say it. Uh, and I think in some ways you can, you can put that back on the business too, of every time you're accepting that DM from somebody talking and if they own a business and you're now collaborating, you might not agree with them hundred percent, but let's just try to see where we can find this middle ground and make a collaboration work as opposed to just shutting it down altogether because me and you don't see eye to eye politically. Well, and like the other thing too, man, and because we're talking a lot about the digital space and social, like if you post something that I don't like. That doesn't have to influence our business meeting at 2 p.m. Yes. I don't care. That's that's your space. You can say whatever the hell you want. Like later on, we'll talk about our thing. It's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. You can you can just keep scrolling right on past that. You can see that be like, mm, and just. Right. Yeah. It's funny, like talking about this, I was having a similar conversation with somebody recently. And we were talking about like political leanings and what presidents you like, what presidents you didn't like. And uh, President Obama came up and I remember seeing a clip of him like whether I agree with his politics or not, I remember seeing a clip of him at a high school and he was just walking by after giving a speech and a basketball like bounced towards him and hit his foot. And he was like probably three feet away from the top of the key and just in a suit drained it. And he's like, that's what we do. I'm like, that's a cool dude. That's a cool dude. (laughs) There's a term for the way he is because there's a lot of other presidents that were like that, like JFK, very uh, well-spoken, very well thought, uh, knowledgeable and a lot of things i don't agree with him like on probably 70 percent of the things that he but there's 30 percent that we can work right. together on but and like people look past that yeah but it's so stupid i mean it's yeah. stupid to, yeah. to look at like someone's whatever political leanings sexual leanings whatever it is and go oh well no they're not worth my time that's yeah. so stupid like what yeah. a waste of potential in I don't know if it's ever going to change, but it's also one of those things where as a business owner and when you're looking out there, I mean, that is, that's going to affect you because every time you say no to somebody that's lost revenue, uh, every time you deny somebody based on any kind of uh, personal choice that they made uh, or way that they are just by birth, then that's lost revenue. So as a business person, you should understand that you should. You're trying to make money in the in the space as much as possible. So, saying, are you are you willing to let your personal bias canalize your ability to earn? Yeah, because I mean, at the same time, the money that you're earning is now going back towards your family. So your biases are now affecting your family's bottom line. So, right. how do you want to look at this? I'm saying like, oh, it's, it's my principles. Yeah, well, my principles are feeding and clothing my kids. <laughs> like yeah. that's the paramount one. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a there's a tier list here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. So that's a lot on networking. Um, I think one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is, you know, coming from the, the veteran world, I think it's one of those things that we have a tendency to suck at. Okay. Like reaching out to other people. I think we, we are yes. very much like, I got this, I'll do it on my own. And I know that just because I know your personality, like you, you're, a, you're an alpha dude. Like there's no question about it. Um, you and I used to like, bully people away from the shrug rack and you know if you're not shrugging 300 <laughs> you're in our way we yeah. did you were like my lifting buddy for yeah. for a hot minute man and we people would just move and so like with that alpha mindset and that i can do it all on my own like 
what have you had to not work through necessarily, but like, what have you had to overcome personally? Like, okay, I probably could do it on my own, but it's going to be exponentially faster if I partner with people. And look, there's something that it's not, it's not being said outright, but some people joke about it. And then it becomes kind of like a unit mentality about not seeking help and about not asking and things like that. Um, I have guys that I served with from OIF one that if I had said any of my problems that I'd had while I was in the military, like mentally, just from all the combat that I could have just said, Hey man, this is something I'm thinking about. And they would have in a second dropped everything they were doing to help out. But I just had gotten into the mindset that, uh, it's weakness. It's, it's not what men do, those kinds of things. Um, it's all mindset. Like it's all bullshit. Number one, a lot of people have these kinds of, you know, mental, uh, hiccups is, is the best way to call it. Uh, it's just, it's not something that is them permanently, but it's something that is just something that's temporary. And that's like when people talk about suicide, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Like there's so many different ways that you could have approached that. Uh, and I think there's just a mindset that the military kind of brings to the table sometimes that you, you I don't know. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. It's a very strange dichotomy because yes. on one yep. hand, we all say, Hey, I don't care what time of day it is, where you are, what you've done, what's going on. Call me. Like, yes, I got you no matter DUI. what. DUIs are right. usually that. Yeah. It's and then on the solution. flip side of it, when we apply that space to ourselves, we go, yeah, but that's not for me. That's for everybody else. Yes. Nailed it. That right there. Perfect. And it, it's dumb though. It's done. And like, let's oh, be real. Absolutely. It's kind of a dark point to make, but uh, directly relatable to my morning, actually. How many people do you know who've taken their lives because they just didn't have the balls to reach out to their brother or net that network that is there? It's organic. Like you earn that shit already because you yeah. serve with them. And how many people have taken their lives because they just didn't reach out? Uh, and it's too many. Like, I know we both know people who've committed suicide based on, like I said, a temporary problem. And instead of trying to figure out a solution for that problem, they, they the one that they thought was best was leaving. So it's not always the case. So and that's something, too. I mean, we're, we're, we're making the networking connection with business, but networking is just people talking to people. It's just friendships. Uh, and a business making a friendship with another business. Like I got a, I got a couple of businesses that I talk to on a daily, but like the, the people who own them, I talk to on a daily basis. And at this point it's become a friendship, but we still want to see each other's businesses do well. Right. So we're networking as a business, but we've become friends as, as owners of those businesses. So when, you know, like it, to echo your point, like you and I have known each other over 10 years at this point. Yeah. Um, we've always had a very like, for lack of a better term, brotherly relationship where like we will just berate each other constantly. Like we are yeah. very mean to one another. You know, yeah. if someone so were to read text between us, like, oh my yeah. God, they must hate each other. Yeah. But the truth of it is like, I know, and you're one of them that I would like, doesn't matter what time of day it is. You could call me and I could yeah. call you and you could, I hate to use the word vulnerable, but you could be like, dude, this shit sucks. And yeah. we'd figure it out. Or maybe we wouldn't figure it out. Maybe you could just have diarrhea of the mouth for 30 minutes or I could, <laughs> You know, and just get through it. I think that's part of a society problem is that people can't just people feel like they can't just do that. Like it, it's it's uh, it's burdening another person. All right. And I, I think as a friend, that's what happens. Like it's not a burden to them. It, it They consider it a burden when you don't act like you can just say whatever to them. Right. So, they'll, yeah. Oh, they'll pull your car like, dude, why? What do you? That's not what you meant to say. I know you better. Yeah. Than that. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So I hate, I, I'm going to use this as kind of a segue into the other thing that we wanted to discuss. I'll make it because I, won't, I don't want it to overshadow the you, but um, kind of hearkening back to my, my phrase about we get to pick cool people to do cool stuff with and kind of the networking piece and unfortunately the suicide piece. Uh, yes. we're, we're partnering on a promotion. Yes, we are. Uh, so it's something I did during quarter one. It's a veteran sponsorship thing. And you were one of the first people, uh, you know, you were part of the genesis of this. Like Josh Apel was part of the genesis of this idea. And yeah. you and I had had some, a relationship prior that kind of helped spur on the idea. And so we're doing it again. And you're front and center this time, buddy. Cold Steel Creation. And I think people really need to understand, like you were talking about before, there's a lot of things that we learn in the military. Uh, and I know this one's not going to be because it's a, for the first one, it was very veteran-centric, and this one's going to go more towards not just veterans, but to first responders as well. Yep. And so I, I, you learn a lot of these these principles within those structures, but you just forget to apply them in a civilian setting, especially when it comes to a business. So I I thoroughly enjoyed every aspect of, of the, the discussions that we had, of how uh, things were laid out when it came to these are the things that I think we should be working on right now. Um, and it was very linear. Like it, it, it all built upon the, the lesson from before uh, moving towards a good direction. So I want that kind of teaching for another generation, for another set of individuals. And, you know, like you brought up because um, the first time you write, it was just veterans uh, that were involved in the group that we did and it ran for 10 weeks and it was awesome. Um, and this time, the decision was made to open it up to first responders and law enforcement. And I am ready to embrace all the hate for that decision. Like send me all on Instagrams. You won't, don't care. Here's the deal. Love them, hate them, disrespect them, disagree with them, whatever you want. Like being a cop can suck. And it's a lot oh, of yeah. damn stress. And when, especially right now, when like the noisy part of the world is going, you all suck. Like it's to bring you back to the safe place thing. Like it's, it's not a bad time to have a group of people where you can go, dude, this sucks. And everyone go, yeah. yep. Like just agree and listen. Yeah. So yeah, you can be mad at me for the cop thing, but like, I think law enforcement needs it now more than ever. Yes. And that's just more of just a show of support. Like we understand that there are bad people out there that are wearing a, a cop uniform that are doing dumb shit. But at the same time, that's not the majority. Majority of your cops are out there day to day working their asses off, trying to be in their communities and try to make a difference. And then those same cops either retire or get medically discharged or just flat out leave the force because they don't want to keep doing it. And they try to make a business. So just wanting to provide help to those kinds of people so that they can be as successful as possible. Yeah, and to be clear on what it is, just for folks who are listening and may not understand what, what it is we're doing with these groups is like, yeah, there's going to be some cool mindset stuff we're going to talk about. There's a lot of like coach specific stuff that I'm going to work on, but it's also just like we've been talking about. It's supposed to be a network space. So yeah. like, and to make it clear, like the sponsorship part is like for veterans, for law enforcement, first responders, like it's free. Yeah. Like you guys are going to join the group. We're going to get into it free of charge, the kindness of the rest of the world. We're hoping just like last time uh, they will pay to facilitate this group. Anyway, yes. so the point is like, it's, it's not just a, a mental space. It's not just a mindset hack kind of space. It's also like a, a networking space to find other people who are, whether in the same space you're in now or in a space you're trying to get into to help you get there. You know, we joke about it, but like, one thing I learned that was very important in the nineties is you're six people away from anyone else you want to talk to on the planet. And Kevin Bacon taught us that, uh, but it's true, <laughs> you know, six degrees of separation, like between you and I, by the end of the day, we could talk to the Pope. 
somehow or another, we could figure that out. And yeah. it's getting people in that space together to work towards those goals. Yes. And I think something that you provide that it's that there's solutions to people's problems right in front of them. It's just that because they're so close to the problem, they can't see the solution. And so you provide not just a mindset and not just a networking, but the separate vantage point of an issue that somebody with a business has while they're trying to figure that out. So it's and it's also I mean, the more eyes on a problem, the better, because people are going to come up with different solutions to the same issue. And, you know, this isn't like testimonial solicitation time, but you and I did work professionally together for three months. And like, I didn't give you any ideas, though. Like, let's be real. I I was a sounding board. And yes, the whole process is you finding the answer on your own. And there's a prodding like it's almost like the thing of, you know, the answer. It's just trying to figure out the mental gymnastics to possibly get there. Because sometimes it's a very simple, it's a walk. It's you walking from point A to point B. And sometimes it's a fucking train ride through the countryside <laughs> trying to figure out how I fucked up my own problem. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I mean, to to be an enthusiast, to be somebody giving great recommendations for this, like there are so many different things that I came out of those meetings with every time. So it's take copious notes. Like people go into a college class and they're, they're, they're forced to typically go into that college class to learn about something that might not want to learn about. These are people who are signing up to do this, that are trying to better themselves and to get better information from somebody and a group of people. So 100% on board with it. Um, And so Flash to bang, just so everyone understands your involvement this time is uh, you you have provided a bunch. I can't remember off the top of my head, but more than 20 skulls, um, different design force. There's a, a ton yeah. of different designs, all custom one of a kind pieces that we are just going to at random give away to folks. Yes. And so uh, and all we're asking, and it's not even something to where people have to. We're just trying to get people to give to this uh, endeavor. So that way they can help with the financial cost of it, because every people don't understand that there's a financial cost for everything that we're doing as a business. And so we're just trying to get these people and that and I want to make sure that I'm correct in how I'm saying that. Yeah. And you know what? I'll make it even easier. Like maybe you're not in a space that you want to sponsor. OK, yeah. cool. Share the links, share the sponsorship link for that crap. That, that's, that's good for me. Get the word yeah. out, you know. Cause that's just showing support. All right. Even right. if you can't financially support the endeavor, then just do it through your social channels or through liking. And yeah. You know, I can, I can talk on the heels of the last one. Like it was a lot of fun. Dude. It, it's fun. And here's why it's great because the group of individuals we're working with, and it kind of, it reminds me of a show I did recently with a fellow named Wayne Ferdine, but like, these are skills that veterans, law enforcement, first responders, like these are mindset things they know. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're very much like, we're great teachers and terrible listeners to our own advice. You know what I mean? We can yeah. tell someone with great detail how to do what's next and the best course of action. And then when it comes to our own life, we're like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, and so it's, it's great to see like those constant aha moments with folks going, Oh, I'm dumb. I knew that, you know, yeah. but yeah. In, a, in an environment where everyone goes, yeah, you're good. Yeah. I 100% agree. Like I said, I couldn't support this enough. I'm going to do everything I can on my side to make sure that this is pushed out. And that's all I'm asking for when it comes to anybody listening to this is do the same thing. Even if you can't, like we were saying, financially uh, put in something, then just 
let your friends know. And everyone has like 100, 200 friends on their Facebook or on their Insta or on their Twitter. So just let these people know. It's like, hey, this is a, these are people trying to make a difference within the veteran and first responder community. So give us, give us that click. That's all we're asking. Word. Hey, where can people find you to click your things? Uh, so I mainly uh, hover around Instagram. Uh, I'm not a big fan of any of the other social media. I have a Facebook, but I typically just use it for like personal and family kind of thing. So Instagram, coldsteelcreations.com uh, is the website. So, and then for Instagram, the name is the same, Cold Steel Creations. Anything like, any other things you want to plug here before I let you go, buddy? Uh, always come and check out the somewhat intelligent conversations yes. with Jay. Uh, and it is somewhat intelligent. Half of it's comedy. What we, what we do is what kind of like some of the things that, uh, me and Travis hit on with this is we try to figure out, uh, funny aspects to serious world problems. I have so. to tell you as, as a friend and a fan of the show, like if you're not listening to this podcast, please do. Cause I don't care what side of the political line you're on. You yeah. are going to laugh and get irritated every episode. So it's worth your time to check it out. <laughs> yes. Thank you if so you want to listen to someone try and rein in another individual who loves to go on tangents, this is the show for you. <laughs> 100%. Yep. Hashtag Jay likes to talk. All right, brother. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, of course, brother. And uh, we will talk to you later. See ya. All right, folks, there you have it. That was the show. Hey, uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Like, I love that dude. And he and I legitimately have and could talk for hours. Um, and we would have gotten so far off the track of networking that it may have been difficult to bring it back. But it would have been okay. It would have been fine. But I think maybe you guys would have stopped listening after a while. So we kept it a little shorter than three, four, five, 12 hours that we could have done. Uh, but check out all this stuff, guys. Check out Sick Podcast. It is a blasty. Like I said on the show, if you... If you want to hear someone who likes to go on tangents and then his counterpart try and keep him on topic, buddy, sick is the show for you. Uh, two great guys. It's Chris and his co-anchor, Jay. They do a phenomenal job of like, they they talk both sides of all issues and, um, you know, they're, they're specifically vague in what they think. Uh, anyway, so check that out. Check out Cold Steel Creation. And, you know, if you want to see the big beard that I talked about at the intro, you can always check out the live version of this. There's a video version on YouTube. Uh, so you can see Chris and all his glory and you can stomach me for a little bit. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the show and I will talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.